welcome back, or thank you for joining us if it's your first time. This is the Mind Wealth Podcast, and my name is Chelsea. Get ready to sit back, relax, and unwind while we chat about all kinds of things. As we roll into the month of February, there are many things on the calendar, one of the most loved or hated being Valentine's Day. So this month, we're going to be talking about relationship-centered topics. We're going to be chatting about what to look for in a partner, what is a red flag and how do you handle it, and just about anything the dating world can throw at us. For those already in a committed or a long-term relationship, you won't be left out. We will talk about what makes a good partner and how to improve your relationship through proper communication. So buckle up, we're getting feisty in the months of February. So let's get to the nitty gritty. This story isn't going to sound like it has anything to do with the topics I was just discussing, but I promise you, if you hang on, it'll make sense here in a minute. I have personally challenged myself to read 52 books this year, and that's about one book a week for the entire year, if I keep on pace. As it is the first week of February, I've already finished four books, and the one that I just finished this last week is really what got my whole ideas about psychology and February flowing. This last week's book was about the five love languages. Now, I don't know if you've read the book or not, but I'll give you a brief synopsis of what the book is about and how it might apply to you in more than just a relationship kind of way. The Five Love Languages is a book about how to communicate with your partner by learning and then speaking the language of love that they are most fluent in. The five options per the book are physical touch, acts of service, quality time, gifts, and words of affirmation. And within each of these different languages, there are variations that the author calls dialects. So say that your partner is into gifts, but their dialect is specifically handmade gifts. An example of this is instead of purchasing a piece of art for your home to give them, you make one in their favorite colors, which is still giving a gift, but perhaps you're speaking more to their language because they prefer their gifts to be personalized and handmade. So while you're still doing the gift-giving experience, the caveat is what kind of gift they value receiving. So now that you're caught up on the basics of the book, the rest of the book talks about examples from the lives of the couples he's previously helped, and the tools he used to help them understand to speak more effectively to one another, and how, once you've figured it out, how to talk to the other effectively, your relationship will bloom. Now, my husband and I had several discussions about this book. He read it back when he was a younger man, and said that in the time that he had finished it, it gave him a basis for how relationships should work how to become an effective partner by making another person feel valued. As I read the book, I realized how long ago it was actually written, and how much the knowledge is still extremely pertinent to having a healthy and happy relationship now. And I wondered to myself, why isn't this something that we are teaching our children? Why is proper relationship knowledge not something we seek out or spend more time covering? If we had been doing that, would the divorce rates be as high as they are today? Would second and third marriages have an even less likelihood of success? How could we change this? So here I am, talking to you about it. While we all express love in different ways and we hear or accept love differently as well, generally the way in which you try to show love is the way in which you would like to receive love. And if you and your partner are sending and receiving love effectively, what does that mean for your relationship as a whole? How does speaking each other's love language help you? You become more selfless because you take the time to learn someone else's needs. Instead of continuing to speak the language in which you receive love, you learn that maybe theirs is different, and you learn how to show them love in the way that they can receive. The process of learning different languages you both speak helps you create empathy by understanding what your partner has gone through and how you can help rebuild and fill their love tank. 
it increases your emotional intelligence because you're taking the time to learn social cues. And understand that what they're complaining about might actually be them asking for you to show love in a way that they can hear. You will increase the intimacy. Through the shared experiences and togetherness you build by listening and responding, you deepen the connection with your partner. You become more intentional and meaningful in your actions. And while this is great for your relationship, it could also be helpful in friendships as well. Which might in turn increase your depth and enjoyment you receive from all of the people in your life. Ultimately, what this book is getting at is opening up proper communication channels and doing so through a loving means. If you and your spouse are already at odds, perhaps present an olive branch, such as, I would like to be a better partner to you. If you have suggestions, I would like to hear them. Or, if you know their love language, offering to add more love to their tank by taking on a few extra tasks from it, such as, I know you've been really busy lately, and I would like to help you out more. I'm willing to do the laundry and the dishes for the next week to take some of the load off of your shoulders, and then follow through on your proposal. If you two have had a fight, doing something that would fill their love tank could be considered a truce. A way of saying, I'm sorry that the situation happened, but I do love you. If you're already in a pretty good relationship, learn to deepen your connectedness by actively seeking to speak the love language of your significant other through their requests, or making them feel special in ways that they would appreciate. Now, while I believe that this book is an important first step, I believe that as humans, we have so much more to give than five simple categories. And I believe that our love language is not always the same. There are times when we value certain things over others. For me personally, my family has never been touchy-feely kind of family. We don't have to say the words I love you to know that we mean it. We don't get in each other's spaces or faces because that's just not what we do. And we respect each other enough to continue those boundaries. However, when I've had an exceptionally hard day, or when I'm emotionally distraught, a big bear hug is the only thing I want. Don't talk to me. Don't bring me things. Just be there with me until I can compose myself again. This isn't something that happens often, but it definitely does happen. Do you have times when you have a certain way that you would like to be treated that is out of the normal realm for you? Another important section that I believe this book misses is some of the other things that we need as people to be fully functioning in relationships. While speaking each other's love language is great, he doesn't account for our ability to fill our own cups or our need to do so. He gave an example in his book about a couple who is constantly at odds. They mistreat each other frequently, and they are in what you might call a loveless marriage. The lady in this marriage is devout, and it is through her own personal passions that she finds the strength within herself to change in spite of how her husband treats her. And thus, changing her attitude repairs her marriage. And while the author touts love as being the cause of this miracle, I believe a bit of self-love and self-interest had a hand in it. If she did not believe so fully in her church and her personal passion, which would have her thinking that divorce is wrong, would she have tried so hard to repair the painful marriage? I think her self-love gave her the strength to give love and fix what was broken. I believe that we need to have our own passions and our own lives somewhat independent of our significant other to feel fulfilled as a person. For me, it's writing this podcast and having complete control over the voice I share it in. For my husband, it's his choice in video games or football that he gets over-involved in. For my best friend, it's a personal time when she gets to unplug from the insanity of teaching and raising little boys, who are smart and wonderful, but we could all use a break sometimes. For my ladies at Spin, they have friend dates where they go to the events that their husbands dread, like plays or operas. 
For my friend Krista, it's decorating and keeping a beautiful home and finding new and glorious recipes to make. For my trainer Leslie, it's animals, specifically cats. And she is just about the most adorable and hilarious thing when she posts about her fur babies. In order to have a successful relationship with other people, you need to find a way to have a successful relationship with yourself. You cannot truly love someone without being able to love yourself. And while your relationship might be good now, are you continuing to feed yourself and your passions to fill your reservoirs so that you can pour into the others around you? I know that is something that I have been working on and will continue to work on. I guess what I'm really saying here is that all relationships take constant work. And that includes the relationship that you have with yourself. So if you really want to improve the friendships, situationships, or marriages around you, don't forget to also work on yourself. Because sometimes we get lost in the mix. In order to have a strong bond with another person, you need to have a certain amount of strength within yourself. Everything will look greener if you take the time to care for all the people in your life, including you. Don't forget to fill your own cup. And as always, Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I've enjoyed our time together. If you want to join me again for another chat, you can keep your eyes peeled every Wednesday for a new episode. Feel free to follow me at MindWealth on Instagram if you want to get to know me a little bit in the meantime. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.